G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. The Bible says, don't be drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Pastor Greg Laurie points out that we can choose who or what exercises control over our lives. We need to choose well. I don't want to be under the influence of an intoxicant, be it drinking, be it any other drug of any kind that is controlling me. I don't want to be controlled by the spirits. I want to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. That's a precious thing. This is the day when the lost are found. sitting in the driver's seat of your parked car and you decide to disassemble the steering wheel. You loosen the nut that holds it in place and now that steering wheel is barely connected to your front wheels. Are you willing to hit the open highway without that kind of control? Only if you like the ditches. Today on A New Beginning, in one of the year's most requested messages, Pastor Greg Laurie points out that some people choose to do that with their very lives and they wind up in some kind of ditch. Let me take a quick poll. How many of you here right now believe that Jesus Christ is coming back again? Raise your hand up. You believe he's coming back. How many of you believe he could come back in your lifetime? Raise up your hand, okay? How many of you believe he could even come back tonight? Raise your hand. How many of you feel like if he were to come back tonight, you would be ready to meet him? Raise your hand up. Okay, good, good. I believe that too. You know, there was a Gallup poll taken that revealed that a surprising 66% of the American public believes Jesus Christ is coming back to the earth in the future. That's a very high percentage. Because somewhere around 50% of Americans, maybe the number is slightly lower now, maybe high 40s, but somewhere around 50% of Americans claim to be Christians. So a higher percentage of Americans believe Jesus Christ is coming back than even the percentage of Americans that claim to be Christians. And now with all that's going on in the news, oh my, it just seems like it's almost obvious. I, I wonder how it will be reported after Christ comes back, what the headlines would be. Probably the headline of the Wall Street Journal the day after Christ came back would be, Dow Jones plummets as world ends. They would come at it maybe from a more financial perspective. Victoria's Secret Catalog would say, our final sale. Something like that, right? (laughs) Uh, Sports Illustrated, their headline would be, game over. They would look at it from more of a sports perspective. A USA Today, they're always known for their simplicity. Headline would simply be, we're dead. Yeah. Uh, Wired Magazine, more of a high-tech magazine, 
would say the last new thing Rolling Stone would have on the cover of their magazine the Grateful Dead reunion tour. Something like that, I don't know. <laughs> Ladies Home Journal, lose 10 pounds by Judgment Day with our new Armageddon diet, right? There'd be a diet element. The Food Network would simply be our cooked goose recipe. So no matter what, there's a day that's appointed. We don't know when because Jesus said no man knows the day of the hour when he will return. When Christ will return. And my understanding of Bible prophecy, which is 100% perfect, I'm kind of joking, but I do kind of think it's right. Of course, we all think that. But in my view of Bible prophecy, I think the next event on the prophetic calendar, as I've said many times, will be the rapture of the church. And we don't hear enough about this topic these days. It's so important, but it seems to have fallen somewhat out of favor in the church as a teaching. What is the rapture? It's from the Greek word harpazo, and it's a word that describes people being caught up to meet the Lord in the air. The best known verse uh, is 1 Thessalonians 4, 17. The Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with a voice of the archangel, and the dead in Christ will rise first, and we which are alive and remaining will be caught up Greek word harpazo, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So some will push back and say, you know, actually that's a teaching that's only been around since the 1800s. No, actually it's a teaching that goes back 2,000 years ago because I just quoted the Apostle Paul who gives us that very teaching. And some will say, well, you can't find the word rapture in the Bible. Well, you can't find the word Bible in the Bible either nor can you find the word Trinity in the Bible. But if you happen to have a Latin translation, you actually do have the word rapture because the word harpazo is translated to rapturus in the Latin Bible. So call it the rapturus, call it the harpazo, call it the great escape, it doesn't matter, it's gonna happen. Well, what are we supposed to do in light of this teaching? Well, we want to live lives that honor the Lord. We want to pay attention to these signs of the times. And I want to focus on a man who lived in the last days, if you will. Now they were his last days. They're different than ours. We're waiting for the judgment that will come upon the planet by fire. He was waiting for the judgment that would come upon the planet by water. And his name was Noah. He was living in the days before the great flood. And Jesus actually brought him up uh, as a picture of what things will be like before Christ returns. And in Matthew 24, uh, it said, the arrival of the Son of Man will take place in days like Noah's. Before that great flood, everyone was carrying on as usual, having a good time, right until the day that Noah boarded the ark. They knew nothing until the flood swept everything away. And then Jesus says, the Son of Man's arrival will be like that. Two men will be working in a field. One will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding at a mill. One will be taken and the other left. Uh, so be alert and be awake because you have no idea when your master will show up. All right, so here is the story. Noah's Ark, beautiful. They make it to the new land and now they're giving thanks to the Lord. And if this were a movie and if we wrote it, this is where the story would end. You can see the closing scene. Noah's looking up to heaven, tears coming down his face. The, the flowers are growing and the animals are hopping around and there's a rainbow and the credits are on the screen. 
But that's not how the story ends. Because this is a Bible story. And Bible stories are true. They're not fairy tales. And when something happens that is not convenient, it's there anyway. Because if it happens, it happens. And all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And the Lord doesn't cover up the flaws of the great men and women that he used. So what happened next is kind of sad in many ways in the life of Noah, but it did happen. Genesis chapter nine, verse 20. After the flood, Noah began to cultivate the ground and he planted a vineyard. One day he drank some wine that he had made and became drunk and lay naked inside of his tent. Ham, the father of Canaan, saw his father was naked, went outside and told his brothers. Then Shem and Japheth took a robe and held it over their shoulders and backed into the tent to cover their father. And as they did this, they looked the other way so they would not see him naked. <laughs> Few things pop out from this story. First of all, it teaches us anyone can fall into sin. You know, it may surprise you to know that sometimes those who have known the Lord longer can be more vulnerable to slipping than the person who is young in the faith. Does that make sense to you? Sometimes those who have known the Lord longer can be more vulnerable to slipping than the person who is young in the faith. You say, but why? Because when you're young in the faith, you know you're weak and vulnerable. So you're careful and you hopefully surround yourself with godly people. But when you've known the Lord for a while, you're thinking, well, I'm, I'm pretty good. I don't think I need to have those safeguards on my life anymore. I'll just pretty much uh, not be accountable to anyone and do what I want when I want. And next thing you know, you're falling. Extensive Bible knowledge and years of spiritual experience make you think you're somehow above it all. You think you've reached some kind of a plateau spiritually, but you'll never reach that plateau. And the Bible warns that him that thinks he stands, take heed lest he fall. Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Christian Fellowship in California, USA, presenting a message today entitled The World Changer at the End of the World. It's one of the top 10 of our most requested messages of the past year here on A New Beginning. So let's continue. Number two. We can't ignore this. I'm gonna make somebody mad right now. So get ready. <laughs> In the sin of Noah, we see the destructive power of alcohol, right? I mean, look at verse 21. He became drunk and lay naked. Now look, we have to understand the original language here. Scholars tell us the Hebrew word here for uncovered or lay naked indicates a deliberate act and not a mere unconscious effect of drunkenness. This is certainly not a good thing to do. He was not a good example. Let's just think for a moment of how many lives have been ruined by alcohol. I've never seen one good thing come from drinking, but I've seen a lot of bad things come from it. Now you all know I was raised in an alcoholic home. And uh, so I dealt with this up close and personal for the first 17 years of my life on a, a scale you wouldn't believe. Uh, my mother was a raging alcoholic, pretty much drinking herself into a stupor every night and passing out on the floor, sometimes not coming home at all. Other times getting behind the wheel of the car and, and it almost killed her. 
but I just saw the effects of alcohol and I still see it to this day. I, I, I see people that start to drink a little and one thing leads to another and it becomes a problem and we dismiss it. We say, well, you know, they have a disease. Uh oh, is that what it is? Alcoholism is a disease. It's a disease. If alcoholism is a disease, it's the only disease that's bottled and sold. If alcoholism is a disease, it's the only one that's contracted by the will of man. If it's a disease, it's the only disease that provokes crime. Now here's my point. I understand that some people are more susceptible to the effects of alcohol than others. I understand that some people can maybe have a drink and it's not a big deal and it doesn't destroy their life and their marriage doesn't unravel. But I know other people, literally, they have a sip of alcohol and it can lead to their ruin because they've seen it happen in real time. Because they have the propensity. So we say, well, that's their problem. It's not my problem. Ah, now we have another issue. And the other issue is, what if your so-called liberty to drink causes another person who doesn't have that liberty to stumble? What if you have your drinks with your meal and you think it's cool and then your friend who was an alcoholic who just came to Christ and was gloriously delivered sees you having a drink and they have a drink and they fall off the wagon and destroy their life. Well, that doesn't happen. Actually, it happens a lot. And I could tell you a lot of stories where I've seen it happen. So we need to really think about this because it can bring so much havoc in a life. I've come to this brilliant conclusion. Follow me on this. If you don't drink, you'll never get drunk. <laughs> you won't. I don't want to be under the influence of an intoxicant. Be it drinking be it weed, be it any other drug of any kind that is now beginning to get control of my life. It can even be a, a medication that was prescribed to me that I'm beginning to abuse. You see, I don't want those substances controlling me. I don't want to be controlled by the spirits. I want to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. That's a precious thing. <laughs> to have a clear mind. And the Bible says, don't be drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. So Noah was a last day's believer, and we are too. And I mentioned that statement where Jesus said, two men will be working in the field, one will be taken and the other left. Uh, two women will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken and the other left. Stay awake. Be alert. You don't know when your master will show up. Question. What if Jesus came back for us tonight? What if this was the night? What would happen to you? If the Lord were to come back, would you be taken or would you be left? Here's your choice. Get right or get left. Maybe you're someone who has had a lapse in your faith. Maybe you've stumbled and you've fallen. But listen, if you have fallen, you can get up, but maybe you need a helping hand. Can I offer that to you right now? Just say, here, come on, get back up on your feet and make a recommitment to Jesus Christ. Don't stay in that state. You can start over again. You can get back in the race of life again. But there might be someone listening that has never asked Jesus Christ to come into their life. 
And as I talk about the Lord's return, it kind of scares you. And maybe it should. Because you're not sure if you're ready to meet the Lord. Well, you can be ready. Here's what you need to understand. Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sin. He went there voluntarily and paid the price for every sin you've ever committed. And then he rose again from the dead and now he stands at the door of our life and he knocks and says, if we'll hear his voice and open the door, he will come in. He's just a prayer away. All you need to do is say, Lord, come into my life and forgive me of my sins. If you're not sure if Jesus Christ is living in your life, respond to this invitation as we pray. Father, speak to any person here, any person listening or watching wherever they might be who does not yet know you. Help them to come to you, help them believe in you, and help them be forgiven by you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Pastor Greg Laurie with an important prayer. And if you'd like to follow through and make a change in your relationship with the Lord today, Pastor Greg would love to help you to do that right now. In the book of Isaiah, we read these words, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous man their thoughts. Let them return to the Lord and he will have mercy on them. And to our God, for he will freely pardon. Listen, that's God's word to you. And let me address this to the person who has never asked Jesus Christ to come into their life. Why don't you do it now? That verse says, seek the Lord while he may be found. God has touched your heart today, perhaps, and you thought, I need this relationship with the Lord. One of these days, I'm gonna make that commitment to Christ. No, don't wait for one of these days. This is the day. (laughs) This is your moment. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. Listen, God is near to you, and he is ready to come into your life. And there's another part of this verse when it says, let us return to the Lord. I want to also extend an invitation to you that have fallen away from your faith. You've fallen away from the Lord, and you need to make a recommitment. So If you want Jesus Christ to come into your life, if you want your sin forgiven, if you want to go to heaven when you die, or if you've fallen away from the Lord and you want to return to him, pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, but I also know that you are a savior and I need your help. I need your forgiveness. Come into my life and forgive me of all of my sins I choose to follow you from this moment forward. Be my Savior, be my Lord, be my God, and be my friend. Thank you for hearing this prayer. Thank you for answering this prayer. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hey, I want you to know on the authority of Scripture, if you just prayed that prayer and meant it, Christ has heard you and he has forgiven you. So God bless you. Thanks, Pastor Greg. And if you just prayed that prayer sincerely, know that the Lord has heard you and forgiven you of your sin. The Bible says that Jesus is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we'd love to send you some materials to help you begin to live this new life of faith. We call it our New Believers Growth Packet. Just ask for it when you call one 800 50 
11. Well, next time, more from the most requested presentations of the past year. Pastor Greg brings a heartfelt message called Hope for Those Who've Lost Loved Ones. Be sure to join us at the same time tomorrow. And if you know somebody facing that pain right now, why not invite them to listen in as well? Right here on A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie. copy of Pastor Greg's full message from today, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. It was called The World Changer at the End of the World. Just go to visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-00-5011. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.